Good evening. It's April 20th, and you're listening to Beyond Tilted, Episode 6. Tonight, we're going to discuss what we're playing, the news of the week, and this past weekend's North American League Championship Series Finals. With me this week, Peter Shepard and Andrew Green. How are you boys doing tonight? Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. Uh, Andy? Uh, Jonesen. For Dark Souls, really, still? I, I, I have been away from my my game for upwards of 30 minutes now. You played when you got home? Of course. Did you eat? Have you eaten today yet? Yes. Like, have you, you know? have you eaten have you eaten dinner today yet? Yeah. Define din- yes, I've eaten dinner. Andy, Andy, Andy. I'd say we need to have an intervention, but um I've almost finished. It's a lot easier winning league games with uh, pugs and support, so <laughs> <laughs> No, Feel the love. Yeah. All right. Um so obviously been leaguing. Um what do you want to start with tonight, guys? Well, what have you been playing, Andy? Dark I just Souls? answered that question. And it's, just Dark Souls? I, just Dark Nothing Souls. Nothing else? Mm, Dark yep. Okay. <laughs> well, then. We're going to go with me next, because I know Pete has a long spiel on something we both played mm-hmm. uh, that we can both get in on. But, quick recap. So, wow, obviously. As Andy hates, we got a Legion release date. Yay! It's not till August. Oh. Yeah, no, actually, it's not till the end of August, which is the start of the school year for you folks out there. Perfect! I can play Monster Hunter while you guys play that game, then get bored of it again. I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. No promises, Andy. No promises that we'll get bored. It doesn't Uh, matter. And. Also, with my Xbox and Games with Gold, uh, one of the games this month I got was Saints Row 4. So I started playing that. And it was a great so, game. It's so good. I played 3, and it was one of those... I played 3 kind of right before 4 came out. So I never kind of felt like getting 4 right away, because I'm like, well, I'm kind of all Saints Row out for a little bit. I need a bit bit of a break. I don't understand. And then GTA five came out. So played that a little bit. I see, I'm not a huge fan of open world games. Sorry, I what genre of games? Sandbox RPGs, Peter. <laughs> Neither of those are RPGs. Um No, they're not, but so they're you very moved much on from Saints Row the Third to GTA. Yeah. I don't follow that path because Saints Row is like if GTA remembered how to have fun. Though I do hear they did in 5. They, they did bring the fun back in 5. Plus, I, so this is partly me and my biases. I love a good heist movie. And, GTA 5, and GTA 5 is all about the heist. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's kind of the core of the story. And Payday so. completely shit the bed, so... So it, it really scratched that itch. Plus, I I have fond memories of San Andreas, which was my favorite of the GTAs. Vice City. Yeah. I could never really get into Vice City. It's definitely a product of its time and the time it was making fun of. Yeah. And I was not a fan of GTA 4. No. no. At all. I That's... thought it, it was just... I thought the protagonist was just terrible. Like boring. he wasn't boring. Like he was boring and bad. Mm. Hey like, Nico, I, let's go bowling because somehow this is less interesting than what we were already doing, which took effort. Good on them. Is that it's the one, one with um, cowboy guns and stuff? No, that's Red Dead Redemption. No, that was a good game. Oh. Not to be confused with Red Dead Revolver. Uh, which is rumor the sequel is rumored to be announced at E3 this year. Hmm. Yep. I heard that was really good. I heard it was yeah. like yeah. GTA I, but for um 
Yeah, for the Wild West. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. an amazing cowboy movie as a game, and I won't spoil it for you because you will play it one day, and it's fantastic. It, like, you will be surprised how much you enjoy that game. Now, be careful because it has almost the same name as its predecessor, which they don't share story, which was a good idea. They just like straight up went, eh, they're the same kind of game, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You, you you should play Red Dead Redemption. All right, well, I'll consider it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so where were so I feel like GTA Four has the same issues that I have with some TV shows, Netflix shows about uh, kind of where the villains are the central character, right? And the good where guy is just there to kind of. Yeah, or like, or not not even necessarily good guys are there, but like your main characters are all bad people, mm. right? Who don't have really any redeeming qualities, right? And I kind of felt that way about GTA Four. Whereas I, GTA Five, uh, most of your most of the characters are pretty good. Like I, I feel sympathetic towards some of them. Trevor, obviously not. He's literally just a sociopath. So. I don't remember if this was proven true or just a rumor, but the cops react differently to you depending on which one of the characters you're playing. I can't say I know this. And in what neighborhood you're in. If If you're a white dude walking through a black neighborhood, the cops will stop you. And if you're a black dude... The cops will stop you. (laughs) (laughs) Just like in real life, eh? You Um, seriously start the game with one star when you start. (laughs) Like, they know. They know what they were doing. To be fair, you start the game in the middle of a bank robbery. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Anyway, so that's what I've been playing other than... Well, Pete and I play Little League of Legends. Mm -hmm. Uh... We had a great game after our Overwatch binge on Friday night, which I'll let Pete get into a little bit, mm. um, where we, we we attempted to one-up Immortals. We attempted mm. to play a 480 carry comp. Honestly, honestly, I think we Man, had it. Man, do I feel sorry for Colin. I think we had it. I really do. I think we just needed a better early game, mid game, and late game. But aside from that, <laughs> I think we had it. I think I think the problem is we weren't we didn't min max or AD carries properly. That too. We didn't have one right? CC, you know. No, we didn't. We yeah, we didn't have a CC AD carry, so we didn't have an a Varus or an Ash. We didn't have a Corky for the magic damage. We needed and we needed a hyper carry. Oh, we had Jin. Is Jim really a hyper carry? He is. He is. Really. He is the definition of a hyper carry. Just like old Kogma, yeah. And that he's really immobile, and that's his like main weakness or whatever, right? But mm-hmm. if he gets going, like pretty much nothing can shut him down. In my opinion. Oh, yeah. Except Zed. I don't I don't see that. <laughs> Except Zed at all well, I'm times. I'm talking about eighty carries specifically, but yeah, Zed's a good example. I mean Kogma can kill a Zed once he gets stupid fed. Jin about... I don't think can. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking more along the lines of like a Jinx or a uh, even a Caitlyn. You know, a character that's good. Something, even? something like that. A yeah, Siver? A Siver. For a team fight potential, yeah. Yeah, something that could kind of clean up. I felt we never really we never really had that. It was a very interesting comp. I, I honestly feel like if we weren't um, playing on a Friday night, specifically, <clears throat> and all the things that that entails, um, I think we would have done a lot better. You can say we were drinking. It's okay. Well, let's so, say that on podcast. Just, yeah, just as an aside here, so, Kyle, does that mean you were done with uh, the Division? Mm, yeah. Uh, no, I just, I, I just didn't play it the past week. It, now, uh, is I that because... Been... It's, I'm going to say, not a great game. 
I'm not going to say it's not a great game. I've had fun when I've played it. Don't you Which just is... kind of feel like this this odd feeling of everything I'm doing is actually terrifying? No, not really. Like I don't in think the that game, would be you... the qualm you'd have with it. In fact, if anything, I'd say that's a more visceral gaming experience. You, you get to dilemma. play as the secret police. Yeah. It's Shooting kind of mostly minorities. Fantasy, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's creepy. That's Tom Clancy novel in video yeah, game form. Yeah, it's Tom Clancy novel in a video game. No, like that's it's... Tom Clancy novel that was written by a ghostwriter in video game form. Mm. Like Splinter Cell. Touche. Actual Tom Clancy novels have some, you know, depth to them. Mm. Okay, so anyway, that's you, it? What have, what have you been playing? All right, so League of Legends... I've mastered Kindred in two games. Yeah. <laughs> Took one game to kind of understand her mechanics. The second game, I carried hard. I don't know if it was just our opponents being crap or what, but it was it was exceptionally easy to me. I would run around the map, and I knew exactly what to do and when to do it. I'm seeing why she's a competitive pick. I still think she's relatively low skill uh, cap, though, because I think you get to a certain point on her, and you just kind of have figured her out. Uh, not a whole lot of counterplay to her kit, but heavy CC will, or disruption to either get her and her team out of her alt or to lock her down, obviously, will kind of destroy her. So, really, really well designed. Also, I've got to say that stacking mechanic, the 1.5% of current health, I looked that up, by the way, not max health, but current health, that she uh, does on every auto attack when she gets stacks, has got to be one of the most balanced snowball mechanics that Bl uh, Blizzard, that Riot has added to the game, and I wonder if, because she was the last champion released with a stacking mechanic, if I recall correctly, yeah, I'm pretty sure, um, I'm wondering if um, that's what they have in store for Vagar, Nasus, etc. in the future, because the thing that balances it is that it scales potentially, well, not infinitely, actually, it is capped, but it does scale potentially infinitely. Um, it's balanced based on the fact that at a certain point in the game, or when you've gotten a, a certain amount of stacks early game, you can't get the easy stacks. I'm putting that in very sarcastic air quotes here by invading the enemy jungle because you can only get it from Baron, right? Yeah. Um, which kind of Baron, Baron and Dragon. I'm sorry, Baron or Dragon. Um, which kind of which kind of balances it so that you can't just like snowball out of control by continually stacking. And the, the mechanic of strategically choosing the right target on the opponent team to uh, uh, mark at the time. The cooldown in between after you get a mark and being able to mark somebody else and being able to switch your mark if, you know, that play doesn't work out or whatever is so ridiculously not, not convoluted. Well, I thought it was convoluted. It is a little complex, but it's that complexity keeps it balanced where it's a, where it's a decision that you make in-game and, you know, there these are reins that kind of pull it back from being just ridiculously broken. Her kid is fun. She's high mobility. She's relatively spammable mobility. Um, I still think her ultimate is an extremely big liability, um, especially in closer games. But overall, a very fun champion. I'm loving playing Graves um, as well. So, Which is funny Kate, because you what? guys know I never jungle a carries. You, I used to never, right? So, what's up? Yeah, well, that's because you don't like winning and you haven't realized we're bad yet. But, <laughs> Pete, what is Kindred? I, I still don't know what the fuck she is. All right, do you want, like, a breakdown of her kit? Because I don't think that would be too interesting. No, I don't care game. about that at all. What is she? What is she? She's she's death. She's an embodiment of death in the Why is death universe. fluffy? Uh the story is, as she hums, that there was once a tall, pale man who was ever so alone because everyone had to come to meet him. He's the Green Re Grim Reaper, right? So nobody wants to be his friend. So he split himself in half with an axe. Jin is the other half. Well, technically not. Jin, Jin is the, the physical embodiment of death because they hum the same tune. At least that's the fan theory. Anyway, um, so, so the tall gray man split himself in half so that he would always have a friend. One half is the lamb to the slaughter, and the other half is the wolf that does the slaughtering, if that makes some sense. 
Her lore is like is what does all the damage. Her lore is her actually her her wolf is a stronger. Uh, her wolf is tied to two of her three abilities and is is the the strongest uh, part of her kit, like in terms of her damage. The lamb, the like the primary thing the lamb does is uh, shoot arrows. Admittedly, is some damage, and the the ultimate. Everything else is basically decided by the wolf. So. And the wolf right. mark is you hunting other players, and the lamb mark is you hunting the minions or the jungle camps. So, anyway, yeah, it's vague, but I mean that's basically what she is. So, really interesting champion to play. I'm I'm excited to see what Riot uh, wants to do, and I want to take this. Mo- well, no, never mind, never mind. I'm excited about AD carries moving forward um, in different lanes and getting some different things bot lane with supports that's all i'm gonna say i don't want to speculate right now because i want to move on to the other game that we got to play so i didn't have a whole lot of time i actually had a pretty busy weekend so i could only play on the uh, friday night for a couple of hours um but we played overwatch um and we did play overwatch i've got to tell you i don't know if you're going to be able to get in under uh a, a key that me and kyle peck can give you for free for a short trial or something like that or if well, you'll even he bother, has, he does have open beta. I was about, I was about to say, or if you'll even bother to download it for the open beta. This is a game that really, uh, really does deserve you spending a couple of hours to at least see if you like it. It is the spiritual successor to TF2, definitely, and it shows. But it has it has been designed from the ground up to be so much more interesting than TF2 ever was. Yes, yes. You got me. Yes, you heard me right. TF2 was great. At the time, its visual style, choosing to go with the uh, old school spy, you know, music and the, you know, propaganda post-World War II style and everything like that in terms of technology and just everything, right, Um, was, was a big deal, right? And the class system in that game and everything was always complex as well, et cetera. But Overwatch has ultimates. And... They make basically playing every class like playing the um, medic heavy combo from TF2. So some some ultimates are definitely situational. Some are just generically good, um, you know, in every situation. But they completely change your play style, and they are the thing that separates it from TF2 and makes it head and shoulders better than TF2 was at the time it came out. Yes, I'm going that far. And this is a very short period of time that I was playing it. It's fun. It's golf theory as well. You you guys know what golf theory is, right? Behind designing a video game. We don't really have time for you to explain golf theory. I don't care. It's a big deal. It means that every single time you play a round of golf, you remember that awesome swing you got or that hole-in-one or whatever. That's the same thing that Overwatch does. You vote up players at the end of the game that you felt did well, opposite team or on your team, and you get to watch um, the play of the match or whatever. The maps do seem a little iffy at the moment. That is definitely the weakest part. And heading into um, watching it as a competitive uh, eSport, I, I watched I watched it, I was telling, uh, telling Kyle Pat. Uh, it's not bad. It's, it's, very, it's very dinky, kind of like, you know, hashed together grassroots kind of coverage right now, right? Which does sort of, you know color things a little bit but honestly eh. well it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do for the for the watch games and what kind of productions behind that this weekend if they actually spend some real money yeah because um but but honestly in terms of in terms of the game being you you have picks just instead of a instead of instead of banning heroes you ban maps and stuff like that right and then you choose the map basically you get to play on um, and then in-game, you can't ban classes or anything like that, but you pick your starting comp or whatever, right? And then you adjust as needed. And it's really interesting. I, I you know, uh, I forget one, I forget which team did it, but one team did a double Winston offense build in the one competitive game I saw the other night, uh, which is where you try to get them both to get their ultimates super, super fast. And then you just go to a choke point and you just destroy everything. It's, it's, it's fascinating to see and the switching of classes and the comps that people are putting together for offense and defense. I'm really excited about it. Actually. Um, I, I'm, I'm 
you know, obviously got to bring that down a little bit from my initial um, suspicions or my initial hopes and dreams about it becoming an eSport. Um, but I honestly think it's got potential now. Andy, are you going to give it a shot if you get access? I to mean, I like TF2, so of course I'm going to give it a shot at some point. I just am not rushing or chomping at the bit here. Champion. I'm still confused Champion. by their decision yeah. to make everything a named hero character if you can have multiple of them on the same team that's just weird to me it is a little confusing uh from a from a role play perspective i'm not gonna lie yes but i don't know for some reason i'm okay with it i just i mean honestly it's hard to care about something like that it just looks like it's tf2 again but i i don't know i'm not clamoring to play more tf2 at the moment yeah it's uh it's really solid i i don't know if kyle pet wants to lump in any of his observations or anything like that i know i kind of ranted there but i mean i had lots of fun uh it's Mm -hmm. great as a group of friends um it's nice that the default party size uh without going into custom games is six yeah, instead right. of five like most MOBAs, because mm-hmm. it always feels like we end up with six people and we can never play anything. Yeah, it's true. Because um, it's like, oh, let's play a game. Okay, um, someone has to not play. Yeah. And then we end up on Twisted Tree Line, and then everybody hates that one person who <laughs> picks something that's overpowered on Twisted Tree Line, and then everybody gets pissy. Yeah. No, where someone just gets excluded. Yeah. Yeah. Where someone gets excluded. Um. Yeah. Yes. Uh. Six. Six people seems right to me, just from a competitive uh, standpoint. Um. Which is weird because you'd think that five would make more sense. But for such a fast gate, uh, fast paced gameplay, I think I really think, I actually think they could do one or two more. To be brutally honest. But anyway, and and stepping away from the server system too is really exciting for me. I'm I'm sorry to to hate on the old school server system, Andy. I know you're very nostalgic about it still, but servers don't work because everyone wants to play and on Friday night at eight o'clock and you can't get on your favorite servers and nobody's there playing at one o'clock in the afternoon if you have the day off on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and so you can't play on your favorite servers then either. You have to hit that sweet spot and get in in the right time, or you're waiting in a stupid queue. And then you get to on imbalanced servers where the, the you know, it's like a, a bunch of elite clan guys against pugs and they just bully them the whole game. And the matchmaking seemed to smooth out pretty quickly for us on Friday night. I don't know if that was a feature or we just got lucky, but... I just hate the matchmaking bullshit. And the servers keep games alive. They allow mods. Like, that's where all these interesting things come from. And... That, that's a different argument, but I, I will never, ever let that go. That Titanfall could have been a great game if they had just let me fuck around with it. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I mean, Titanfall 2 or whatever is already, is being announced. They had a teaser, yeah. right? Yeah, I saw. So I don't understand what coming. one of those Titans could use a sword for because they're slow, stompy, eastern, or, you know... Western robots, not Eastern robots. So hopefully we get to like murder Gundams in them or something. That I'd be okay with. But I doubt they're that creative. Well, yeah. let's move on to let's move on and talk about all the news that happened this week because there's a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. just I'll I'll do some quick highlights before we. Oh, sorry, that was my news, by the way. Into some of the into that... some of the bigger. Uh, news topics Mm. so there was an announcement uh according to microsoft uh that minecraft sells about ten thousand copies a day wow yeah wow yeah Yeah. we we were talking about that on the weekend right we were i i i i I was thinking that it was a terrible acquisition because for four billion dollars or whatever because uh scrolls was such a a a dismal failure (laughs) I mean, commercially, anyway. I still liked it. But yeah, yeah it was it was a failure. Um, um, yeah. How are they selling this many copies? Yeah. Hello? It, I'm glowing, but but they, st- they stay on 
the top 10 of the retail uh, MPD charts month after month after month. Mm -hmm. They're always in the top 10. Minecraft is always there. Yeah. So not only are they selling 10,000 copies or 10,000 copies a day, they're selling enough physical copies to make the sales charts every month. Do they just include the Legos in this or something? I, who Who's buying a physical copy of Minecraft and where? I mean, there's game stops all over the place, Andy. Just because you don't use them doesn't mean other people don't. <laughs> I've been in a GameStop. And, and I don't think I've ever seen Minecraft in there. Speaking of GameStop, mm-hmm. they also launched a full publishing division this past week. And they signed Ready at Dawn, Insomniac, Frozen Byte, and Tequila Works to make games for them to publish. Yeah. Sneak Team 2 confirmed. That's, uh, that's a little weird. Yeah. Um, a GameStop publishing? Like, okay? I mean, some of the developers they got are great developers. Like, Insom- Insomniac, great. Ratchet and Clank, Resistance, uh, Sunset Overdrive, all great games. Sunset Overdrive, also free on Games of Gold this month. Another game that I haven't downloaded it, haven't tried to play it, haven't played it yet because I was playing Saints Row. And the the last of my quick hit news I I wanted to bring up Mm -hmm. was Microsoft has stopped manufacturing the Xbox 360 after 10 years. Oh, that's the one before the Xbox, Xbox. one. Oh, yeah. nice. Yes, they finally stopped making it. Making Which it. means they're still selling it. They just are saying now we have enough of these in our warehouses. <laughs> yes. uh, it's um, ridiculous. <laughs> so, the, the big news. So, Dark Souls 3 sell, sold very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, half a million copies in four days. That's Through not Steam. as much as I thought. Through just Steam. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, on one of the <laughs> platforms it was released on yeah. in the West. This game has so much <laughs> hype behind it. I, I, I sort of get it now, by the way, Andy. I've been watching a couple of other streamers playing it, like Destiny, uh, recently. And... Uh, I'm, yeah, and you of course, and uh, when you do stream, um, <laughs> no, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's really cool, uh, and I really like the the spellcaster classes uh, options that I've been seeing some of the streamers come up with too, outside of the melee fighting. So yeah, my next playthrough, I'm going full spellcaster. Yeah. Well, so our f- hmm? sorry. So our final piece of news for the week hmm. is a big one. And it's the upgraded PlayStation 4 rumors uh, leaked, codenamed Neo. Oh, yeah. I actually did some research on that before the podcast, Andy. I actually don't believe you. Um... I I don't understand the specs at all, but I understand the idea of what it does. I'm shocked by the price. Uh, That the price is the part that's rumored. The specs are 100% confirmed. Because uh, I, heard bucks? The, I heard the specs were still rumored. Uh, they've been pretty thoroughly vetted. Hmm. So, on these specs, they're not. It's not that huge of an upgrade. It is enough that you'll see less pop in. Maybe Watch Underscore Dogs will be playable on a PlayStation now. Mm. I, I feel mean, it like, wasn't playable on a like, computer, but you know, maybe like this will do it. This it's it's enough of an upgrade to let them output to 4K. And that, that's essentially what this upgrade is. Output to 4K is a strong term. It's not <laughs> actually capable of that. How much would you guys be willing to pay for something that does that, though? Um, yeah. I I don't really see I, the Yeah, there's, there's, there's no purpose for it at the moment. Uh, there, mm-hmm. This is basically just capable of playing Ultra HD Blu-rays. Like, like my, that's UHD my, Blu-rays... There's no way any game will natively run in 4K <laughs> with this. Yeah. It's and, literally uh, impossible. We saw if those they TVs pull it on off, the weekend. They have broken like 
the universe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and more power to them. Those TVs are insane. Seriously, unnecessary. I would say right, like the and the the actual physical hardware upgrades aren't that big of a jump. Right, you're adding a this few. Is, this you're is adding... a smaller jump than the new Nintendo 3DS from the 3DS. Because wow. while there are huge jumps in certain parts of these specs, they're still bottlenecked quite heavily by other parts of these specs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, maybe somebody can do something with that, but generally you're just going to see slightly better textures. But and and really all that's going to mean is it's like when you're playing these games are still designed to be played on PCs so it's just going to be hey now it looks a little bit closer so um, now so my my only concern is this better like when this comes to market in my opinion it needs to slot right in at the current retail price for the PS4 and they essentially need to discontinue the PS4, and this is just kind of the slip, right? Mm. Sure, they yeah, can put they a little. Can't they can discontinue put... the PS4 because if they can still sell the old PS4s at a lower price to you know people who are more <laughs> price conscious or just can't afford things, then they're going to make more money that way. Also, they've got all these rules about how if you develop a game, it has to work in both Neo and and basic mode. So, which, Andy, it looks like I might be getting a PS4 in the next year. <laughs> well, you see, the thing about this, there's a lot of stuff about this. So, the problem here is we've got, what, some ridiculous number that's actually counted in billions PS4s out there. And it doesn't sound like there's any plan to replace them with these. Mm. How is VR it developers in, how is it still have in, to make it How work. is it counted in billions? Yeah, I'm a little confused by that, too. Billions there's, of them? Yeah, there's a fuckload of PS4s. There's, there's not that many PS4s. Like billions? Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that, man. I, I, I don't want to call you out on the podcast or anything like that, but... I mean, you're suggesting that a, a quarter to a third of the human population has PS4s. or certainly seems like it. Or there's such horrible running machines that people have had to get multiple ones of them. No, this isn't them. the Xbox 360. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah, good dig. Uh, ring of death, but but still, I I don't know. It's, I had what, five of them. Seven and a half billion people on Earth right now? Uh, billions? I don't uh, know how many people are on Earth. They're not oh, important. My. Okay, there are a million. There are hundreds of millions of PS4s. Yes, sure. uh, not billions. Let's let's put a pin in that. I, I uh, would sure. very important I would still had. continue on. to be skeptical about that. There's a uh, fuckload of people who now have a device that has just been replaced. Considering right. the PS3 um, was about 150 to 200. Million. Uh, oh, okay. After million after nine years on the market. Yeah. Okay. So um, moving on. So what, I, sorry, I, what, I, I can't see the PS4 selling that well. Yeah. So moving on. Um, what are the implications uh, business-wise if uh, something like this failed and just nobody wanted to buy one because nobody wants to upgrade because nobody has a 4K TV? And no, everyone has a 4K TV. That's kind of the whole reason behind this, looking at this. Everyone has a 4K TV at this point because they don't cost anymore, and 1080p TVs have just kind of been edged out. You want a TV that does good 1080p? Well, it also can do 4K at this point. So, you know, go a couple years in the future, everyone has 4K, and now they're going to claim that this can do 4K output because there, there's still a it fair, can do 4K upscale. There's still a fair premium for buying 4K. Andy. Yeah, I was about to say, we were just at the... So, I'm sorry, uh, Andy, but again... It's we, shrinking uh, every day. We just go, we just went to on, get a on TV a, on the weekend. On a 40-inch so. TV, you were looking at at least $200 more. It's a lot. That's a decent chunk of change. It really isn't a lot. It, it is when that's uh, order of the price. 
or more. Do you remember how much a 4K TV cost just a couple of years ago? I don't. I didn't know 4K TVs existed a couple of years ago. <laughs> like a stand. They were like two grand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they were like they were like the old school like big screens. You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The big it, screens that it, used to cost. It has shrunk thousands. to the point where most people looking for a new TV at this point are going to get the 4K option because it's not that big of a jump. Well, now I feel like trash. And that's about just my, gonna uh... get smaller every day. Mm. <laughs> I agree is... that it'll get smaller. I think you're underestimating the price differential right now. Um, because of increasing the price by anyway, that's the point I'm getting to here. Still in a, a significant amount. That's I just not think this, I just this think whole this move here, this whole topic, PlayStation this Four, this yeah. whole PlayStation 4K or whatever you want to call it, the Neo. This all seems to be just tailor-made to sell more Sony 4K TVs. Oh, that makes sense. That. This PS4 is a Sony product. Yes. Oh, man, I just clued in. Of course, that makes total We've sense. We've got all these TVs we're trying to move. How about we make our other divisions support them? It's like the uh, Samsung how, is... How about, mm. how about we make our only profitable divisions support them? Right. Yeah. Wait, which division is the only profitable one? The video games? PlayStation. Yeah, yeah okay. video games. Sony, Sony is so the in the bio Sony is so in the red right now. Wow. Okay. Oh like, well. The, so the Sony's current worldwide CEO mm. is the former head of the PlayStation brand. <laughs> yeah, because that, like, that, and that, that's the, saying something. Because the PlayStation yeah. brand used to be like Sony's redheaded stepchild, but they just mm. kind of kept off alone in the corner. Yeah. Until they realize they're the only ones making money. That makes sense. I just did research, right, in the last couple of months on getting a TV and everything like that. The amount of brands out there and the, the price points for them are, you know, definitely pushing Sony out. The only, I only consider getting a Sony on Saturday, if you remember, because they were out of the particular model of Samsung I wanted. And I was, yeah. so I was, even then I was kind of like, eh, do I really want it? <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, why do you why do you think Spider Man is Marvel is now allowed to use Spider Man because right. Sony Pictures is so in the red. Yeah, they needed yeah. they need yeah. that Marvel Cinematic Universe money. Mm. Wow, they need it bad. So they licensed them out. Yeah. Okay. So 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 here's the thing with this they they've also a bunch of the rules for the that come with the development kits have kind of uh, made it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so you cannot make things exclusive for the Neo platform, which is the new PlayStation four. It has to be able to run on the base as well. This goes as far as it also has to work with the VR. Mm -hmm. So VR games, because of, I would hope medical reasons have to run at a proper frame rate because you will get sick. (laughs) So yep. they can't just make a game that won't run right. on the old platform. And she's I mean, it. it may not run well, but if they don't, if it doesn't run, if it doesn't run within acceptable limits, like that is straight up. This is Nintendo's seal of approval kind of thing. Like, no, you're not allowed to release that. So you can't do this. This is so. Mm, this might be hard oh, for it, you to hear, Andy, but this this actually sounds rather terrifying, for or should for for a Sony fan or a PS4 fan. Oh, is is they, terrifying. They, they've taken their way. only profitable subsidiary, or whatever you want to call it. It's probably not actually d- division. Division. They've taken their only profitable division, and they've now tied it to the woefully unsuccessful hardware division or TV division. And well, that part's conjecture. If they don't, yeah. if they don't sell enough, <laughs> you see what I'm getting at here. Now, I don't think that the Neo is going to sell poorly because there's going to be enough people who are both dumb and trying to push the envelope uh, that will buy it and sell their old PlayStation just so they can have the shiniest games, not realizing, you know, they could have, I don't know, made a PC. But if you just look at 
any responses to this. It's just a bunch of people like going, well, fuck this. Guess I'm going to sell this motherfucker for $200 I can get right now and go build a PC. <laughs> You're not going to build a PC for $200, but you know, that, that, that's the whole thing. Everybody's looking at this and going, so you're saying my PlayStation is worthless. Yeah. And then Sony basically trying to go, no, 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 it's just a slight upgrade. But it's like, this is, this is a promise of things to come. These are going to be iterative now. Um, hmm. I can't see too top many of that, people clamoring for that. But I'm not the target market, obviously, right? No, so. the target market who wants the the best graphics are the people who just build their fucking computer. So mm. that doesn't make sense to me. But the so if the Neo is a success, mm. but the Playstations are still getting sold because mm. people are price conscious or already wasted their money. They're still supporting them. They're saying it right here. They have to. So at what point... Like, you know what a console war looks like. What happens when they turn on themselves? Because you guys on the yeah. old one are holding us back. And the <laughs> and, and the console wars are sort of over now, too, with, the, with this uh, cross-platform business going on. Isn't, oh there hasn't God. been a proper console war since Nintendo't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's been a while. All it's these other little console wars, they're they're not. They're, they're skirmishes the, at best. The, the, and the cons the console wars of mm. quote unquote today are more fanboy wars than they are Yeah. The pu- the publishers yeah. themselves are not at war with each other. Mm-hmm. They're happy all with of this stuff is the now. same hardware. But, but, by all accounts, the publishers are quite friendly with each other, and they both speak very highly of each other's platforms. Yeah. Like, they generally don't take a lot of shots at each other, mm-hmm. even when they can. Um, they talk about each other's games and be like, yeah, we're really excited here to play the next Uncharted or to play Quantum Break or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's really changed in terms of that at least between microsoft and sony nintendo as nintendo as they are nintendo lives in their own little world (laughs) they are unconcerned with you they have been here since the dawn of time and they will continue long after (laughs) they have money to operate at a massive loss for 50 to 100 years so yeah there's they're like just so far they're like they're like that race of aliens that has ascended and doesn't even want to muddy their hands with the affairs of humans wars with the you know the on babylon babylon 5 and such right like (laughs) yeah 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 nintendo's official stance on playstation versus xbox is yeah those are cool you should get one of ours though too yeah (laughs) so let's move on to what oh no there's more here yeah, but we're going to move on to what our actual okay. main topic is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to do a console main topic weeks ago, but no. Well, there wasn't news then. <laughs> no, there wasn't news. It wasn't yeah. topical, Peter. Put a pin in it, maybe uh, in the next few weeks sometime, folks. E3 I'm... is coming up, right? Yes. Uh, well, no. PAX our... is this weekend. PAX. PAX. And if you want to, and if you folks are fine folks are at PAX, just know that we will not be there. Hmm. We will not be. We've yeah. been before, and it's a great time. So have yeah. fun. But yeah. we will not. Um, it's so the best convention in the world. Yep. Let's discuss uh, the North American Championship or League of Yeah, I actually feel it's a little bit out of place now, to be really honest. But I still want to talk about it on air, so I'm gonna I'm gonna relish the opportunity. Um, I'm, and I'm also going to take over and, and start. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Game 4. CLG's roughest game. As spoilers, folks, CLG won the series. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of CLG detractors would love to look this at that game. This is the first game. time I'm hearing this. Yeah, and, and uh, would love to look at that game and say that, um, that that's the game that proves that CLG are trash and they didn't deserve it and blah, blah, blah. You can you you and me agree it was a very well fought series, right, Kyle Pep? Yeah, it it was a good series. CLG earned yeah. the win. They earned the win, but um, game, game... I I, mm. I still think TSM is the better team. 
But All right. CLG won. They're the champion. No. There's so, no contesting. There's so, no contesting that. But but okay. I, I think we're, I think when we get to Worlds, I think TSM will do better than CLG will this year. Yeah, they won't be fall. able to get to Worlds. Oh, you mean in next fall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next in fall. Or this fall. Yeah. I uh, I think if if this was the end of the summer split, mm-hmm. and we sent you know our three strongest teams, CLG. Uh, TSM and the Immortals to Worlds. I think TSM would be the best out of the three of them. Really? But part of that is a little biased. Yeah, that is that is very biased. Um, so Game 4 that, is the that, one that, that a lot of the detractors biased. would like yeah, to say is what proves that CLG are the bad team. What, a, what, what it actually proves is that CLG are willing to risk it when things are on the line. They could have easily closed out that game with a much, much, much better draft and I was wondering why they didn't. Instead, they reverted to comfort picks, pure comfort picks. Ezreal in this meta just didn't make any sense for Stixe. And you know what? I respect CLG even more so because they really upheld my vision as a CLG fan for what they're all about, being counter-logical. Game four and you can close it out, but you just want to try those comfort picks anyway because why the hell not? I mean, I love them for that, man. I really, really do. Now, you think that, uh, you, you know what, they're going to get destroyed at MSI, right? Uh, I don't think they'll get destroyed. They're they're going to get destroyed at MSI, I, I think, especially if they get into, uh, um, well, I, it's the group stage, all the teams play against each other, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, it's Double Realm Robin, and then the top four make it to... Oh, a final bracket. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the round robin stage intently to see what happens. I think I think that they could finish four. In a, I think CLG can finish in the top four. Can they take it to a best of in the brackets if they get an easy bracket? Until they yeah, run it, the SKT. It de- it depends. It depends on who comes out of. Yeah. Is SK is SKT the Korean champions? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we should probably look at that before yeah, we. Uh... I'm just assuming. While you're looking that up, I'll just uh, I'll vamp for you for a little bit. So, um, stick. We, we have not we have not had the finals yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, SKT will be playing Rocks Tigers uh, this weekend. Oh, okay. You decide so, that. So Stixay needs another split definitely to um, get uh, get himself up to snuff. The thing that I found really interesting about that series was just how even Stixe, obviously with Afro carrying him, and Afro deserved uh, player of the series, by the way. I know why they gave it to Stixe, because he's the rookie, right? But Afro deserved it. Um, and uh, who he actually performed really well uh, compared to Bjergsen as well. Now, we ex- I-, I don't know what you expected as a TSM fan, but I, I expected Darshan to do as well as he did in that series and carry from the top lane. Um I really did, obviously, but they didn't fall back on their split push comp too heavily. They definitely used split pushing strategies, but it wasn't that one trick pony we saw in the regular season. They they had complexity with their um, their split push this time, right? Um, and I mean, I'm excited about what's going to happen, not just with uh, TSM and CLG. What's going to happen with all the North American teams going into next split? I want to touch on that again a little bit, and then we'll go back and I want to hear some more perspective you have of TSM in this series. Um, best of series, you know, we're going to get a whole damn split of them. Yep. I mean, how excited are you? Because I saw things in the playoffs, and I mean, you as a TSM fan should realize this too, right? TSM T- in regular season, uh, I, I forgot how to dog. TSM in playoffs. Oh, a best of series? We got this yeah, shit. TSM's always played better in bests of. And I that's mean, partly that's partly because TSM has been subject to overly tilting kind of in when one, someone when someone throws an unexpected out of meta pick at them. Especially in, in one a, off in a, game. in a single game. Yeah. TSM doesn't seem to be able to react to that yeah very quickly in terms of how do we counter it yeah um so hopefully in 
when we get those best best ofs, it will flatten out those uh, bumps in the road. Yeah. For the good teams, the good teams will still have those bumps in the road. They'll lose the odd game or two to the uh, bottom teams, but I think you'll see a more clear division in who really is who really are the best teams in the region. I think it's going to be a lot more about, especially for the the lower tier teams, as you were saying, it's going to be a lot more about like them just like, let's try to take a game off CLG. Let's try to, let's just try to take one game off TSM, right? The first game, throw them a curveball or, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're down one. Let's just try to take one game here and, and win with something really crazy or something we've been really practicing in, in our back pocket, right? Like, that's going to be exciting to see. You know, um, sorry, getting back to, um, the, the CLG TSM, I want to hear some of your perspective. I pointed out a couple of things like game four and some of the draft issues and stuff like that, that I saw, um, you know, as a, as a TSM fan, you're, you're, you should probably be, feel pretty proud about it. They, they played very yeah, well. They, they played well, uh, mm-hmm. coming from the sixth seed. I mean, nobody really mm-hmm. expected this from TSM. Uh, it's a little disappointing because this is the first time that TSM has gone a year without winning a tournament. Yeah. Since the formation of TSM. Hashtag Golden Age for me. <laughs> yeah. T- TS- TSM has never not won a tournament in a year. I mean, mm. part of that is there's less tournaments now for them to win. Right. But Which is where they excelled, yeah. But it's it's a little sad. Uh, for me as a fan, that that kind of streak has been broken. So, um, Hauntzer... But, but I, I will say one thing. Mm-hmm. You notice we let Cloud9 be champions for two splits, so watch your back in the summer. We're coming for you. Well, Hauntzer has a much deeper pool than he showed us in that series, right? Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. The mm-hmm. Gragas, the constant Gragas picks. I liked it. I like Gragas. I like seeing see, him being played. They were, <laughs> they, were fr- they were frustrating because it never really seemed to work mm-hmm. for the team in, in the composition. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, they, it's hard he, to disengage. It's good against Kindred. But... He, like, he did a, like, they did a good job disengaging on him, mm-hmm. but they never really... The engage tools that Gragas provided... Uh, yeah. were never really used effectively for TSM, and that was what TSM was really missing in some of those games. Well, the the play that ended it all, Kyle Pat, um, I really wish we had video for this sort of stuff, eh? But anyway, the play that ended it all, you know the one I'm talking about. The Gragas, disengage, and then re-engage. Uh, apparently, apparently, by the way, they're saying that it was double if it called for the re-engage. Gragas was at 25% health, Hauntzer, right? Re-engages, and it set off a chain reaction where the fight actually split against TSM, and both sides of CLG just kind of, pin- uh, not even pincered, no, yeah, pincered them, and just wiped out everyone, right? It was a late-game yeah. Tristana who switched out her Ginsus for, for another crit item, and she just exploded everyone. That was the play right there. And, and yeah, if you're going to play a, a comp with Gragas disengage, you have to. And this is why Gragas falls off, right? Because mm. because at a certain point, you have to fight. So if your champion's advantage compared to other selections is to disengage, eventually there gets to a point where there is no more disengaging. <laughs> you have to call it, right? So. Yeah. It, it was it was it was a heartbreaker because I and and a lot of TSM fans are like you know if uh, Hunter hadn't reengaged there and Double I hadn't called it out like I think no no you're you're wrong they had to reengage there they knew they had to reengage there otherwise they would have gotten chased down. No, I won't I won't nitpick that. I just mm. uh, seeing Gragas as much as we did in that series was frustrating. Uh, yeah. I think there were there were I feel like they. Probably they should have had other options, mm-hmm. other picks. Uh, Monster never played Tank Echo 
up to, up in top lane. Yeah, that's the one that really confused me because um, it was left up often enough in the drafts. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. TSM prioritized other picks. And I disagree with prioritizing Bjerg. Bjerg showed us this series he could play anything. He almost made me a believer in the Lulu play, almost. I still don't like watching Lulu, so I'm biased against her, but... So, yeah. it, it's not... I mean, it, it's actually not TSM prioritizing Bjergsen mm-hmm. um, in pick and bam, necessarily. Okay. Um, what, uh, what it actually is, is they feel like Bjergsen can play this, whatever it is they've picked, mm-hmm. and... He won't be able to get countered by what they've picked. Right. Or what they can pick. And it's true. Or if, or if it does get, or if they do pick something that counters, they feel that he can then outplay it. Yeah. And they would rather hold, because if they're playing for priority to Bjergsen, mm-hmm. you would see them holding on to that last pick for mid, especially when they were on red side. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think like of they that. Were. They would hold that mid pick for last. To get him the counter pick if they were playing, trying to play priority. Yeah. Um, but who he, like I said, he held his own against Bjerg. He did. He, he up in CS most games, at least even. Um, I was really impressed by him. So, um, I want to take a moment to say how much fun it was to watch it live in person with uh, a couple of friends too. That yeah. really changed the experience. I hope Barcraft. They really need to come up with a new name because StarCraft's uh, pro scene is so hmm, dead at the moment. But anyway, um, they really, you know, yeah, they, really need the to, right term. they really need to make that happen, I think, because uh, that that really enhanced the experience. I felt more comfortable cheering on the plays and, and such like that instead of being by myself where, you know, I'll be self-conscious about it, you know, like, oh, should I cheer mm-hmm. out loud? Right. Um, that was exciting. You know, and their production value again was just superb. So, yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, is there sorry, I was I was trying I was trying to find easily what League calls their Barcraft because they did oh, have okay. they did have a name at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. But I but I can't I can't, can't easily it, find it yeah. find it. If you if you out there listening actually know what it is, please let us know. Um, yeah. So. Anyway. MSI in two weeks. MSI in two weeks. So we have that to look forward to. Um, as a CLG fan, I'm pretty happy. I still think. Oh, sorry. And one more one more shout out to TSM. Sven Skaren had a rough rough season. I still think that he was the reason why TSM were losing so hard in their single uh, games. I think at a certain point he would just give up and refuse to make plays for his teams. And I think that that compounded and he would just refuse to make plays from the start of games for his team because he was tilting so hard. Man, did he make plays this series, eh? I mean, him and X-50 are two of the most underrated junglers in NA right now, I think. So I do have to give a bit of a shout out to X Smithy, but uh, I mean they showed up big. In fact, most of the games were very even, except for the fourth game, right? They were very back and forth, very even, and they hinged on a razor's edge. How many more metaphors can I stick in here? No, but seriously, they were on a razor's edge, and it was the jungler guiding the games. And Sven Skaren won at least two, and he was making some plays in that last game up until. You know, yeah, up until those final moments. So, um, anything you would like to add about League of Legends, or are we just about wrapped up? I feel like we're we've just about wrapped things up. Yeah, I don't have uh, too many other notes on it. So, no. Nope. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about this evening? Myself? Yeah, yourself. Oh no, I I, I think I'm just about yacked out. Um, Andy, anything Andy, you want to bring up? We didn't cover in the news. Else? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Well, Andy, where can everybody find you streaming Dark Souls as <laughs> you're wont to do these days? Uh, Twitch TV slash T-A-C-T-Y-K-0-9. 
And Pete, how about you? Where can people find you, you and everything? You can you find do? me on Twitter at Brush W Insanity. That's Brush Winsanity. And you can find my webcomic about a couple of wizards um, at uh, BrushWithInsanity.com. And, and as always, doing? you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Pet. That's at Kyle Pet, K Y L E P E T T. Um, I tweet every once in a while, not very often. I need to get better than, at that. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, subjects you'd like us to address on the podcast, please send us an email at uh, beyondtilted at gmail.com. And for Peter, Andy, and myself, have a good evening and stay tilty, my friends. <laughs>